Welcome to the family with co-host Catherine Brandt and Andy Brandt-Bernard. We'll be right back. John Tesh has a new book called Relentless, Unleashing a Life of Purpose, Grit, and Faith. John Tesh, our special guest right after this with the family. Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer's rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer and get Walzer Care for free. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us, we talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful, no question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer for <laughs> He just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Do, 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 do. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Andy, your mom and I were looking at a house, mm-hmm. <laughs> Minneapolis house built in 1908. It's um, 6,100 square feet. It's got a 1,700 square foot carriage house. Wow. Uh, it's a beautiful old uh, brick Tudor home. Looks like it's in phenomenal shape. Can't tell exactly where it is, but it looks like it's kind of close to downtown. Or maybe not. I can't really tell. Uh, yeah, so grand total of uh, about 9,000 square feet. Uh, let's say 8,000 square feet. Uh, it's on the market for 950. Jeez. That house a few years ago had to have been worth over a few million, yeah, I would real. guess. That's extremely cheap for that. That's crazy. People are not buying those big houses anymore. Nope. And that's just all there is to it. We got... <clears throat> they're just not buying them. John Tesh on the phone. John Tesh will probably know, because he's relentless. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Mr. Tesh, how are you? I'm fine. I say go ahead, buy it. Buy it now. Buy it. I, You know, John, I, it's okay if I call you John? Yeah, of course. Okay. Uh, it is pretty amazing. This is an 8,000-square-foot brick Tudor home in Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's beautiful. $950,000 because apparently nobody's buying those big houses anymore. I don't know what that's all I bet all you about. could do really well on Airbnb with that thing. Probably. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. put, probably put your radio studio in there. Come on. I could, well, we'd have to put yours in there, too, because you're on 105 in uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul, which is right down the hall from uh, I, where I do the morning show at KQRS. 
we that's we work fine. in the I same mean, building and, and at the same time. Also, it's, you know, it's uh, it's bricks. So think about the uh, the three little pigs, and nothing can blow it down, right? Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. <laughs> I do love your show, by the way. I must uh, tell you, Intelligence for Your Life is a very, very good show. It's very. You always come up with such interesting. Does your wife do a lot of your a lot of uh, a lot of the work while you sit around and do nothing, John? Is that what it's all about? She has her own show. It's a health show, and she does a lot of her, a lot of right. work on that. But uh, but we yep. do pay people. To, uh, to curate the information. Uh, and, and when we started the show about 18, 19 years ago, uh, it was actually started by my wife. She didn't even know she was doing that. Mm-hmm. She was complaining about uh, she was complaining about my side of the bed one night, which looks like a, a, a radio shack vomited all over the side of the bed. It's got, you know, it's got wires and you know, <laughs> stuff that's all broken, you know, all iPods and stuff. Right. And so I wanted, I wanted to cross-complain, so I looked at her side of the bed, and, and I saw uh, stacks of magazines with sticky notes in there. I said, well, what's all this madness? And she said, this, these are all the articles, my favorite magazines that I'm going to get to, but I haven't had a chance to yet. And the light bulb went off, and I said, well, let's do a show for that woman. We'll curate information. Yeah. And so we started on like five stations, and then uh, people shared shared the stuff, right? And it blew up mm-hmm. a little bit. No, I think it's terrific. 14 million listeners a week is a, a very nice number. Yeah. I will tell you that. And... Um, as I said, I enjoy listening to the show because uh, you kind of just lay out the facts, the numbers, all the rest of it, and kind of, well, like I said, it's it's kind of just, hey, you you can, you know, you can live your life, and you don't imply that you're you're living it in a dim-witted fashion if you don't follow your lead, but intelligence for your life. There's some really nice tips that you you give. On the show, you talk about some very relevant things, and I, I, like I said, I'm just a big fan of the show. I really like it a lot. As a matter of fact, I, now, I appreciate it, but uh, I think I, I, th- I think I'm going to have another. Uh, I, I like this uh, this this, uh, this imaging. You know, stop living your life in a dim-witted fashion. Listen to the John. Well, thank. It's John Tesh here telling you, you dimwit. Well, to be honest, it does feel like that today. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. There's, there's a lot of dimwittedness going on in the yes. world, John. Uh, Relentless, unleashing a life of purpose, grit, and faith. Great book. As a matter of fact, uh, I, I do you think that most people even know you've been through the things you've been through? Uh I don't. I, in fact, I know they don't because I just right. finished, uh, right. you know, running around on a Today Show and out in Canada and everywhere. And, and um, we, you know, God, I don't know. I, I, I probably shouldn't have done this, but when when I got sick, I was still my voice still worked, so I was still able to use to do the show in between chemo treatments and it became in between all the suffering and the surgeries and everything. But I guess I just I, I didn't have faith in humanity, and I, and I should have. I thought. Well, if I get sick, you know, all of a sudden all the other syndicators are going to be coming in and going, uh, hey, you know, John's not long for this world. Uh, how about the uh, Fluffy and Danny show, you know? Um, so, so I was being, I was being very protective. Being very, and you know there's a Fluffy and Danny show out there somewhere. Um, I was sure, being very sure, protective of, of, of my family. You know, I, I, I went into protection mode and wanted to make sure my insurance was okay. I wanted to find somebody to replace me. It was a, it was a dire prognosis, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I just uh, talking about what we're talking about with John Teshier's new book is called Relentless. It's a very, very good book. But uh, in 2015, he fought and received treatment for a stage three cancer diagnosis. But when the cancer returned two years later, he and his wife turned to relentless faith and divine healing scriptures to manifest a victory over the disease. What your book tells me, and it's a great title, Relentless is a really, really good title. And what I really like about it, John, is the fact 
I'm learning from, from your book, don't ever give up. And that's the way I've lived my entire life, as a matter of fact. It, 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 do you have one second I could tell you, like a, like a one-minute story very quickly? Something of I, course. I'm very of happy course, yeah. about. Yeah. I grew up a very, very poor kid, seven kids in the family. My father was institutionalized. My mother raised seven children on a diner waitress's salary. And I remember her tearing up all the time when the rent came due and we'd get evicted and we'd have to... We moved 43 times when I was a little kid, right? So no money, no anything, no, no hope, no future, none of it. Two weeks ago, I was invited to have lunch with the President of the United States. That, to me, is what America's all about. And what you're talking about. Don't ever give up. You can't. I don't believe these people that tell you you can't make it. You got no shot because it's not true. You can absolutely make it. Yeah, it, it, it is true. And I, I, I did not. Uh, and by the way, uh, it's amazing that you that you and your family got got through that. Um, I created my own uh, my own lack. I, I was. Um, I wanted to be, I grew up in a middle-class family on Long Island. My dad was one of the vice presidents of Hanes Underwear, so we got our underwear free most okay. of my life. Um, <laughs> matter of fact, I, 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 I don't even remember my mom washing any underwear. I think she, we just <laughs> threw them away. So I got more yes. underwear. I, I still have some connections if you guys want to just email me your sizes. Thank you. Um, so my dad thought, you know, listen, I was going to start. I, I, I had a couple of scholarships, actually music scholarships. I was classically trained pianist and, and trumpet player, and that's what I wanted to do. And my dad was a World War II veteran tough guy, and he just decided that I was going to follow in his footsteps as the underwear uh, ma- maven. So he enrolled me at North Carolina State University in, in textile chemistry. And so after about, I don't know, three and a half, uh, four semesters of that, I took a radio television course. And you know that feeling. I know you do when you get bit by that bug. And it's like, wait mm-hmm. a second! I can work. I can work all the day, and then have a little trophy to show for it. I either have a show, or I have, you yep. know, people who are listening, or whatever. Or I have a film, and so I decided I was going to switch my major without telling my parents, which of course I don't advise. Uh, but one of my professors would not <laughs> yeah. sign the drop ad card because I was past the drop ad date. So under advice, I may have had a beer. Uh, under advice from my uh, my one of my fraternity brothers. I said, he said, well, just do what I do. I drop courses all the time. And I said, what's that, Bob? And he goes, uh, just sign the professor's name to the drop ad card. And, and when I did that, I was free. It was great. I just continued on. And then when it came time for my report card to come, the card didn't come, but a letter from the chancellor of the, of the university came to my dad saying that I had broken the honor code, that I had forged the professor's signature. Uh-oh. I was being given an F for a course. I was being suspended indefinitely. And then my dad told me that I was no longer welcome in his house, and he threw me out, and I only had a pup tent and an old Volkswagen, and I ended up in a park for only six months. Not my whole life, but six months, and I was good, good. breaking concrete and learned how to chew tobacco and stuff. And so I had burned my shifts, to quote Hernan Cortez, the great explorer. And uh, so, yeah, so I was instantly destitute, if you know what I mean. I, isn't it wonderful that... I, I, are there a lot of countries in the world... Look, I, I'm not, you know... Uh, the jingoist waving the flag here, but I do get really sick and tired of hearing what a failure America is. When people can do what you did, uh, when your father had, had such a harsh reaction to it, you went out and did it anyway, and now look where you are. Uh, I, I, I just, I think, again, listening to you and hopefully, in a way, uh, listening to me for that one minute, if I can do it, Anybody can do it, and I'm very serious about that. I don't have any special gifts or anything like that. I just decided I was going to do it, and then I got it done. 
You can do it. You will love this. You will love this quote, and you may already know about it. Um, and it's somewhere in the in the Relentless book, which is from Thomas Edison. And it's so true because I think we're. You know, I hate to be one of those guys that's like, you know, those kids today. You know, but some of those kids today, <laughs> yeah. Basement, yeah. You know? And and so and it's, it it basically is this. You know, a lot of people miss an opportunity because it's dressed in overalls and it looks like work. And, and yeah. you, you know very well that, you know, even if you just look at somebody like Seinfeld, okay, people are like, you know, look at, investigate Jerry Seinfeld's life and look at how hard he worked and how hard he's working today just to go up in a club of 200 people, right, to, to, uh, or, or Chris Rock. I'm, just, I'm, I'm stating comedians, right? But that, it's a great mm-hmm. way to look at You can see all the work that goes into something like that. Oh, it's a tremendous amount of work. But look at all the work that you've done in your life, sometimes from, uh, you know, a tent in a public park. But look at all that hard work that got you where you are. Uh, it's pretty amazing. I, I think that you will appreciate, I know you'll appreciate this because uh, I, I write about it in, in Relentless. Uh, because it, my band teacher, who ended up being New York State uh, Teacher of the Year a couple of times, you know, in an elementary school, my mm-hmm. band, my marching band and orchestra teacher, told me, taught us, all these little kids, right, who were just handed instruments, taught us process. And it was, it was risk, it was persistence, it was grit, it was focused intensity and, uh, over time, right? And, but he, what he said was, don't stop setting goals. This is like, this is in, you know, it's 1959, okay? Stop mm, setting right. goals and fall in love with the process. And you can hear any Navy SEAL tell you that, too, right? So when you fall in right. love with the process and you work that process every day, what happens? And you know because you did it yourself. Yeah, no question. Were you in a marching band at that time? Is that what you're talking about? I was in the marching band because uh, I, I'm six foot six now. I weigh 225 That's what pounds. I in junior high, <laughs> in junior high, I was six six, and I weighed 152. So there's no football, no basketball for me. They they put a they put a plume on my head and they put spats on my feet and they handed me a trumpet and that was my life. John, I swear to God, I was just picturing you walking and marching down the street in a marching band, and you're a foot taller than everyone else. <laughs> oh, you know That's it. You know, and, and just sort of, just sort of bent over with, you know, with a little stenosis, and 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 you march sideways, and they're like, "What happened to one of the trumpet? One of the trumpet players is gone. No, he's just standing sideways." <laughs> Because you weigh a buck fifty, I think it's wonderful that when when you can do what you've done, whether it's succeed in in business, succeed in life, have a great family, beating cancer, thank God, uh, all the rest of it. Why why do you think it is? By the way, John, and I don't want to get you too deeply involved in in something you don't want to be involved in. But why why do you think it is that people have a hard time looking outside themselves? And by that I mean. Look, even if you're not deeply religious, believing in God, which is just a shortened version of the word good, why is it hard for people to believe there is good out there? Uh, I, I, because I, it's a great question, and, and, and I, I'll tell you, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Jordan Peterson, uh, uh, the great uh, clinical psychologist who's all over YouTube, and also of a man named uh, the late uh, M. Scott Peck, who wrote the book The Road Less Traveled. Yeah. Both of these guys believe... Yep believe that, that the only way to be successful, the only way to get to happiness, if, that, if that's what, you, what you're after, is to understand that we live in a fallen world and that there is going to be suffering. If you cannot embrace the fact that, that right. there's suffering and embrace the fact that there's delayed gratification, you have to have delayed gratification, then you'll never get to where, to where you want. So 
Um, and yet, God didn't put suffering on us, right? God wants us to be well. That's that's Old Testament stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but God wants us to be, and that's all over the Bible. And that's how I ended up getting ultimately getting healed. And that's in that's in the book. But until you get to the fact that, that and read, you know, right? Yeah, I'm sure you have read Victor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning. You know, he's a Holocaust survivor. Want to talk about people who, people who suffered and on the, on, the, on the other side of that? So if if you can't if you can't understand and and transcend suffering. Then nothing, nothing good will ever happen for you because it's it, it is a given. There's going to be a lot of that, and when you're when you've got you know four lines of chemo in your arm, and you're and you and you're vomiting between sentences, and then you look to your left, and there's an eight year old that has eight lines of chemo in their arm. So now you've got guilt. That's when you understand suffering, and, and so you have two choices. Yeah. And I almost took one of them, which was to strap some kettlebells to my ankles and jump into my pool. Um, my my angel was my wife uh, Connie Connie Selica, who uh, we just insisted that I would be well, and, and that's how I got through it. That's how it should be done, absolutely. Victor Frankl, by the way, thanks for bringing him up, because I'll have it on my mind all day, because as a grown man, every time I read about him talking to the little bird in the concentration camp, I tear up every time. What a phenomenal book that is. Yeah, I mean, and there were people in those camps that would run full speed toward the fence, right? Why? So that somebody would shoot them. You know, yeah, that, that's, yeah. that's suffering right there. John, what a great interview you do. You're in, you know, I always like to interview people who like to be interviewed or know how to interview others. It, it, it makes my job a lot easier. It's great talking to you. Love the book, Relentless, Unleashing a Life of Purpose, Grit, and Faith. John Tesh, thanks for still being alive. It was great to talk to you, man. Yeah, thanks for saying that. I'll, I'll, tell, you, I'll tell you really, really quickly, speaking of interviewers, I was interviewing Ted Koppel once for Entertainment Tonight, and I had a big legal pad, right, and I had all my questions on there. And At the end of like a half-hour interview, I said, so Mr. Koppel, please tell me. We all want to know what's the secret to being a great interviewer. And he said, don't do what you just did. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. See, we all live and, and I learn, said, don't and we? I said, I said, wait, well, you just write down the questions. So I edited that part out. It never aired on YouTube. <laughs> Well, that's good. Yes, edit that part out. But you know, it all works out in the end. I think you're doing fine, though, John. I think you're you're doing you're doing well. Don't worry about it. I appreciate and, your time, and, and sir. And you, you ask you, and you, you ask great questions. I'm honored to be on the show. Yeah, well, come back anytime. Love to talk to you, sir. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you too. John Tesh, ladies and gentlemen, his memoir, "Relentless: Unleashing a Life of Purpose, Grit, and Faith." We'll be back in a couple of minutes with the family. Tom Bernard here with CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael. Always a pleasure to be with you, Tommy. So you're splitting the tab at lunch or pitching in on a gift for a coworker. Maybe you got to pay that football pool entry fee and you need to settle up now. What do you do if you don't have cash on hand? You could use one of those third-party transferring services that comes with fees and takes days. But how secure are they? Why not send money quickly and safely with the click of a button without the hassle of a middleman? What's the answer, Michael? The XCheck app, brought to you by your local community bank. It's safe, secure, and simple to use. The XCheck app. Simply add a new contact by entering their name, phone number, and email into the app. Enter a dollar amount and then initiate the transfer. To accept the payment, the contact simply enters their bank information through a secure link sent via text or email. XCheck. Safe and simple from my banker, North American Banking Company. A better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. 
I've never looked back from having LASIK myself. And with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020. And let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential. Amazon Music broke, so. That's why I'm doing it right myself. Um, i got to read you something. Because Mom just received a a text message. Or an email. I think it might have been an email. I'm not sure. But it says here... um, Well, let me tell you what Mom's email said first. Okay? Come Come on and read your... Come in here and read your email. Don't be talking about me behind my back. No, we're talking about the offer you were just given. The offer... Yeah. Oh, um, you're talking about the cruise? Yep. You don't, have to say, you don't have to say the line. I won't. 72% off. <laughs> wow. 72% <laughs> off cruise ships right yeah. now. If you want to go to Alaska in May, super cheap. 72% off. Yeah. Well, I mean, I did just That's say, how... I don't know why anyone's going on cruises right now with the outbreak, and they feel the same way, apparently. Well, they do. I guess the thing is, you know, I mean, if you're... If you're on a cruise ship that's uh, d- docked because they found coronavirus on you, what what is that? I mean, do you get your do you get another free cruise? Yeah, really. I, I suppose. What happens? <clears throat> I would imagine they probably do. I I wonder how all these businesses are going to recover from this. It's going to be oh, tough, man. They're losing money like a madman right yep. now. They're they're bleeding. They're hemorrhaging yeah. money right now. No doubt about it. So mom got 72% off offered to her <laughs> on a cruise ship. Yeah, and, and I love the uh, airlines. Airlines are d- doing deep cleans now. Yeah? Oh, deep cleans. Yeah, cleaning getting, their planes? Getting wow. emails. Yeah, they're <laughs> deep cleaning on occasion. It's a good plan. State Department warns Americans to skip cruises. That's the headline oh, today. The cruise industry must love that. Oh, my God. Are they going to get hammered? Wow. For more than 2,000 passengers aboard the Grand Princess cruise ship, Monday will be a good day. For residents of Oakland worried about the coronavirus, maybe not as good. The ship has been in limbo off the California coast. Oh, I thought it was in Florida. Sorry. But authorities have finally given it to the green light to dock at the port of Oakland. It is the right thing to do, Oakland Mayor Libby Schaaf said on Sunday per the East Bay Times. We have to not let our fear dictate or impede our humanity. You know what I would do then? Mm. I would clean up the crap off your streets, lady. That's what I would do. People taking a dump on your streets because it's not healthy. See, there are little children walking down those streets, and if they touch that human turd, they could get sick as hell. But you don't care about that. Why? Why don't you care about that? Because that would be making somebody else feel bad about their pooping habits. Oh, so it's okay to crap on the sidewalk. Yep. I will never understand you people. I'll never, ever understand. Uh, you know, we were just talking about there's another another big restaurant going out of business in downtown Minneapolis. When is Minneapolis going to learn you are destroying that, that downtown area? Completely and utterly destroying it well, if you don't stop doing what well, you're doing. Well, once again, the propaganda machine is out there. Uh, I just read a couple of weeks ago 
how so many businesses are moving into downtown Minneapolis. Yeah. And they're all so very happy that they have. Mm. Yeah, like who? I, I wonder if I can find that article. I don't or know. Andy's probably better at that than me. No, and they do have to ask you a question <clears throat> about this. Um, why are people getting in fistfights over toilet paper because of the coronavirus? Yeah, what's, your, what's freaking up with the out. toilet paper yeah, thing? I don't what is that? Get it. I mean, you're, there, there was a woman, I believe she was 24, got in a fist fight with a 65-year-old woman over the last thing of toilet paper. Was it all come from China? What's, I don't know. Maybe I we're mean, not getting our shipments of toilet paper from China. I just don't understand. What is... And by the way, the Kleenex is not even being touched. It's all toilet paper. People are dumb. So I don't get it. Why? I don't know. I just started seeing that a couple days ago on Twitter. People were going to Costco and there's no toilet paper. Uh, that's what I understand. Well, that was at Costco, I, from what I understand. They, they, were, they got in a fist fight over it. So I don't know. And hey, another... hey <clears throat> now's the time to invest in bidets. Hmm. I suppose, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the entire four days we were at Disney World, I saw we saw two people wearing masks, and I think the, they were wearing masks because they had those you know those scary teeth painted on them, the big gigantic white teeth. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? I did not even notice these people. Oh, you didn't? There were no. only two of them. So, fifty-eight to seventy thousand people a day go into Disney World, and out of those fifty-eight to we'll say sixty to seventy thousand per day for three days, we were there. In the parks, mm-hmm. we saw two people wearing masks. Wearing a mask, you've been told, and I've been told over and over again, if you don't have the virus, do not wear a mask. Well, the, um, God, who was that doctor that was on, I think it was a Fox News. He, he's the guy that comes on Fox News all the time. Oh, God, I don't know. He was actually saying, if, if you're going to wear a mask, you would need to change it. Yeah, you do, right? Every hour on the hour because yep. the the mask collects viruses. Right. And then you're constantly ta- touching the mask to talk or eat. Right. Or whatever. And then you're, you know, so you're not, you're, you're actually concentrating the virus on the mask unless you're changing it constantly. Right. Yeah. You do not want to wear a mask if you don't have the coronavirus. It's not a good idea. No, masks are designed to say, to keep, you know, people that are sick from spreading their germs. Right. If you do outwardly. have it, if you do have it, then wear a mask. Absolutely. Because you're not, you're not breathing on spitting on other people. Now. Yeah. They don't wear a mask in uh, surgery. So they don't get something from the patient that they're working on. They are protecting the right. patient from getting their germs. Yeah, that's correct. That's exactly right. I don't know. Oh, this is not good. Pastor with coronavirus shook hands and gave communion. Of course. <clears throat> so. Well, we were in church like, what, what, I guess we skipped the last two weeks because we've been... Traveling, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but... Yeah, I'm like, I'm not going to be drinking from the communal no, God. Uh, wine no, cup. We're not, no, we're not drinking from Ain't the communal happening. wine cup. No way. Jude, shut up. <laughs> Bite down. Judy's back, so he's Jude, all you're feisty. 20 minutes early. He's all feisty. He's, like, is a, he's, he's always dying to come in here. He thinks it's podcast time. And, and then, then he, what it is. And then, yeah, then when it gets about last couple of breaks, he's like, time to leave. Wrap this up, will you? It's already been an hour and a half. Let's go. Get go. Your chicken. There you go. Yeah, get your chicken go and get go your play. Chicken. It'll be just fine. 
Founded in 1817, Christchurch, Georgetown has reportedly not canceled services since that century until now. Starting March 8th, the uh, Washington, D.C., which is yesterday, of course, uh, the Washington, D.C. church canceled all events indefinitely after a rector at the church was diagnosed with COVID-19, the disease caused by the the novel uh, coronavirus. Anyone who attended the church on February 24th or at any time between February 28th and March 3rd is being asked to self-quarantine at home for 14 days, NBC Washington reports. Reverend Timothy Cole participated in church services February 23rd, the day after returning from a Louisville conference, then began feeling sick on February 24th. He felt better by February 29th and took part in a church retreat the following day. The Washington Post reports that Cole presided over services on March 1st that were attended by 550 people. He shook parishioners' hands and offered communion. He also participated in a church retreat that day. Officials say he had been regularly washing his hands and seemed healthy, but on March 3rd he was diagnosed with the flu. By Thursday that had become pneumonia, and on Saturday yep. it was determined to be the coronavirus. He is currently hospitalized yep. in stable condition. That's the problem as it turns into <clears throat> pneumonia real quick, which most flus do, actually. Yeah, they do. Most of them yeah. do. It's the first, from my understanding, that the church has canceled services in 150 years. Oh. A former D.C. council member who attends the church says there is no need to panic, Cole says in a church statement. Following sensible precautions provided by the CDC will go a long way toward ensuring the good health of our community. Mayor Muriel Bowser, I acknowledge the hardship for her congregants, uh, some of whom live in Maryland and Virginia, but said officials don't see the self-quarantine as a nice-to, it's a must-to. So nice-to-do, no, must-do, yes. Okay. So I don't know. It's well, you certainly don't want to be the reason why somebody else dies. No, right? You don't no. want to be giving it to somebody. So you should stay home. And but what is the quarantine period now? Two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, fourteen days. Two weeks. That's a long time. That is a long time to stay home. Yeah, just to sit home at home for two weeks would be yeah, that'd be a bit too much. No doubt about it. So I don't know. We'll we'll see how it all shakes out in the end. But is it any? I don't know. Is it any more dangerous than all these others? Have it doesn't been? seem like it is, but I don't I know. Think. I guess it depends on whose Twitter feed you go on. It's all true, ladies and gentlemen. That's it's all I know. Weird. Her I mean, mom. What? Andy, you had like the flu, didn't you? I haven't had the flu since I was like twelve. Oh, but you had something. You had some sort of I coughing had bronchitis. Virus. Well, I had yeah. tracheitis that turned into bronchitis. Tracheitis? Mm-hmm. Oh, so you're the first person I've ever met that has tracheitis. A lot of people get tracheitis. They just don't know that it's a Is that thing. a sore throat? Yes. Oh. Well, it's okay, a well, sore throat caused by a virus or a bacteria, but yeah. But, yeah, Dad just got a text message from somebody he knows. He said he's in bed with 102-plus temperature, yeah. and that's what Alex had was a really high fever. For quite a while, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she was really sick. Yeah, I never had a fever. You know, and it's like, well, should be quarantined for fourteen days if you've got that going on too. Is it still true that the elderly and infirm are the ones who are getting very sick from this? Well, yeah, it's the elderly, pretty much, isn't mm-hmm. it? And then people who have some other problems. Yes. Yeah. If you're yeah, that's like, all you need is you if gotta, you're below the age <laughs> of probably eighty. And you don't have anything else going on, you're probably fine. Yeah, that'd be my guess. 
So I don't know. You you want to be careful, but I I just I really once again I, I just don't understand why on earth we need to panic the way we do just to gain political favor. I really wish that were not happening. I know Americans used to be considered to be like brave and stuff. Yeah, now really. we're just like running chicken little. This guy is falling at all times. Ah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I wanted to, I mean, I loved having John Tesh on talking about this. If you work and you work and you work, you will succeed. The man had stage three cancer. He's beaten it twice. That's amazing. <clears throat> Pardon know. me, coronavirus. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. Now I'm, I'm going to get it from Catherine. <laughs> typical. Typical. Yeah, so if you were in a five... is not that uh, easy to beat, that's for sure. No. If you're in a five-star hotel somewhere and you decide that you need to self-quarantine, do they have to let you stay for free? Probably not. I don't know. Because I'm checking right <laughs> in the minute I have any sort of symptoms. Sorry, Maybe can't leave. Well. I can't leave. I got the virus. The CDC you says I have am- to stay here for free. Exactly. What's pretty amazing is I have noticed that they haven't canceled all the uh, all the rally crowds, have they? The they political haven't. rally crowds. They haven't canceled those anywhere. Oh. Now, why is that? If we're supposed to cancel all these events and play sporting uh, events in front of no crowd, why are you allowed to gather for a convention then? Well, especially when they're uh, so. So, who's having a convention? Well, you got like Bernie Sanders rallies, Biden rallies, and Trump rallies. You got all three of them. Well, Trump is saying that this is no big deal virus, so his supporters probably are like, oh, okay, he's the president. He's got access to really good information. And, yeah, Bernie Sanders, he's the one that's probably the biggest uh, malcontent on the planet. No, not Bernie Sanders. And unhappy about absolutely everything. So you would think that he would definitely want his people to stay home because our health care system is horrible and everything's horrible and he should be protecting his followers. I read somewhere yesterday and then I saw it on, and it wasn't on Fox, it was somewhere else. It was on CNN or MSNBC or one of those. But apparently when, when he was younger, Bernie Sanders was in a kibbutz in Israel, and it was a way, way far left-leaning communist type of kibbutz, I guess. The people there got so sick of him, they kicked him out of the kibbutz. Mm. Wow. Because <laughs> he would never help. He wouldn't do any of the work to help anybody. All he would do is sit and bitch and complain every day. Uh, because it's an outrage? It's an out. It's an outrage. Everything's an outrage. Yeah, apparently he would, he would not do any work at all. He would just sit around and complain and tell people, we need... To get, they need to get grouped together and why? Yeah, I just like I said, I can't understand why people like him. I don't either. I don't get it either. You know, well, it's going to be Biden and Trump. So, and and that's the last you're ever going to see of Bernie Sanders. Oh, I don't know. I think he'll keep on. I think he's digging this whole attention thing big time. I just, uh, I'm worried about his health. His health. He does not look good, man. Bernie. I know Bernie just had that heart attack. What about two, three months ago, something like that. Bernie doesn't look good. He's got that look in his eye like he doesn't feel good. So I don't know. Well, it's got to be exhausting. <laughs> oh, I would think so, yeah, for an 80-year-old. Is he 80? be flying yet? around on private airplanes everywhere. Yeah, I mean, to fly private. And then I, I love that last week he walked onto the wrong airplane. Yeah, they all look alike. Mm. They do all look alike. It's true. All the private jets. What the hell? We'll get it all covered. Look, I mean, uh, look, if Bernie Sanders is president, I'll live. Biden president, I'll live. Trump is president, I'll live. I, I it, you think any of them is going to be the perfect answer? Then you got another thing coming. Relax. 
calm down, and we'll be back with the family. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Was your New Year's resolution to work out at the gym to lose weight? Now it's almost March and you haven't shed a pound? Well, do what I did. Let the coaches at Ultimate Weight Loss help you lose weight fast. With the help of Ultimate Weight Loss, I lost 41 pounds, another 42 pounds in each of my first two 40-day programs, and I didn't have to exercise. Summer will be here before you know it. So start now, look great, and feel even better by losing 20 to 40 pounds with the help of my friends at Ultimate Wellness and Weight Loss, powered by Nutramost. Due to the tremendous success of their clients, they are now opening a Woodbury location. That's on March 2nd. They will then have three locations to serve you in Plymouth, Edina, and Woodbury. Starting today, live your healthiest life. Schedule an immediate consultation. Call Ultimate Weight Loss, powered by Nutramost. 763-333-7337, or go to their website, ultimatewl.com. That's ultimatewl.com. Doodly, 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 doodly. I said doodly. Did you? <clears throat> All right. We've got to get our votes in for... How much longer Harry and Meghan are going to be married? As long as the money keeps well, flowing. I think that he's really, he's got to be in it now. But for what he did, he's going to have to stick with it for a while so he doesn't look like an idiot. Right? Yeah, I just don't, yeah. I don't know if he's going to make it through that. What It's all, everything's always about her. Have you noticed that? Well, yeah. she was, like I said, she's an actress. Mm-hmm. Everything's about yeah. You when you're an actress. It's your career, your career, your career, your career, your fans, 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 fans. It's all about her. It's going to be very interesting to see him uh, try to become her manager. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because that's what he's going to end up being. Basically, yes. It's true. Yeah, I don't know. I just think, I, I don't know. It, it's just a strange thing. I think, I, I mean, I can understand why she was unhappy because I don't think the Brits liked her because she was not a Brit. Well, yeah. Yeah, plus she's a pain in the ass. That's but, another but they, big reason they didn't like her. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Yeah. She's just she's not a very likable person. She's very she's very needy. Nice family she's got though. Does anybody in that family get along? Well, it's a tough it's a tough family to be in i mean you're supposed to be basically you know the whole package you have to be polite you have to be smart you have to be dressed perfectly no no no, no. i'm talking about her family oh her family i don't know anything about her no, family. her family's nuts honest to god her family is way out there the mom and the dad and everybody gets in battles and it's way out whatever mm. whatever works i guess but if that's what you like that's what you like isn't it well, like I said, she's an actress, so you can't expect her to be anything but a pain in the ass. I'll give them 18 months, and I don't think they'll still be married. You think, oh, 18 months? Yeah. Hmm. 
I think I just don't think they're going to stay married. I, it, it, it's always got to be more and more and more. It's it's never going to be enough for her. She's just one of those kind of people. Mm-hmm. She's an actress, as you said. Yep. You know, she's an actress, so everything has to be my way, and that's just all it is. And he's going to get really tired of that. I would think. <clears throat> Boy, a poll just came out. This is not good news for Bernie Sanders again. Uh, the latest polls coming out of Detroit. And the entire state of Michigan are saying that uh, that Biden has a huge lead in Michigan for tomorrow. If uh, I would say if Sanders doesn't win in Michigan tomorrow, he's done. I don't see how he could possibly recover from that because Biden's going to crush him in Georgia, Mississippi, Florida, all of those states. He's going to get hammered down there. So un- unless unless he can win Michigan, I just the latest poll to come out of Michigan. Biden's got a 51 to 27% lead. Wow. Yeah, I think it's just about over there, Bernie. It's time to move on. Maybe it's time to move back to the kibbutz where you don't have to work anymore. What do you think? I'm surprised he ever left a kibbutz. That must have been, I mean, they that kicked should him have, out. but that should have been his perf- perfect place to be. Well, they kicked him out. That was Not the problem. Not if you won't contribute. Yeah, he won't contribute. That that was his biggest problem. He just won't contribute. He won't work. He's one of those. Has he ever had a job other than being a mayor and a senator or whatever else he is? He wrote some sort of weird romance porn. Yeah, that's right. He wrote for rom- a while. Yeah, he wrote romance porn for a while, and mm-hmm. then he also uh, he he cut an album. As I went walking, he did not. Oh yes, he did. He yeah, tried to be oh, a, yeah, a recording right. artist. Andy, too, yeah. find it. I found <clears> it. If you before. can find it, a- I would love to hear that. This land is made for you and me, or whatever. I think so. As I was walking along the river or whatever. Oh, my oh God. It's just dreadful. Oh, my really God. Really bad. Really, really so bad. So he's really always wanted to be in the public eye. Yeah, he wanted to be famous. He's wanted to be famous his whole life, and that's what this is all and about. And that's why you promise people free stuff that you can't pay for. Yep. Mm-hmm. One of those deals. I don't know. Uh, whatever. What, what, what do you got, Andrew? Anything? Uh, let's see. Yes, I believe so. What's the name of the album? Feel the Burn? I think it was uh, quite a while before that. Let's see. It, was, it was a while before Feel the oh, Burn. Looks burn, like, baby, uh, burn. Looks like they've burn, been baby, burn. Burn scrubbing it. So it might take a little longer to find. Okay, well, no problem. Wait, just let me know when you're ready. I'll, I'll, I can do another story, but... I don't know. What are you going to do? Um, yeah, so I, Biden's got a huge edge. 50, what did they say? 51 to 27%. Almost double the numbers that Bernie Sanders. Yeah, Bernie, Bernie, it's time to wrap it up, man. You know, it, it is literally time to wrap it up. Oh, look at this. How about this, Catherine? Do you agree with this? What? MSP, Minneapolis St. Paul International, best airport of its size in North America. It is a pretty good airport now. It is, I agree. It really is. They've done a lot of improvements. It's got quite a quite a few food options, and it's pretty easy to get around. Except the only problem with it is our gates are always about four or five miles away from where you enter. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty much. How you doing, Andy? Did you find it? Oh, they've gone after it. They've wiped it from the internet, basically. 
Really? Oh, you yep. can't find it anymore? No. Oh, come on. Damn Have a sense it. of humor, Bernie followers. Bernie. Come on, man. Uh, so you can't find it at all? Uh, I'm trying, but I don't. Oh, I think this might be it. I roamed and rambled. Yep. I followed my footsteps from the sparkling sands <laughs> of your diamond <laughs> desert. And all around me, a voice was sounding. A voice was sounding. This land was made for you and me. And why would anybody buy this? This is why nobody. black people don't like him. Because <laughs> of this song. <laughs> that song alone. <laughs> that song alone keeps the black yeah, people away. People are uploading it around, but uh, whenever they find it, they... What, what is he thinking? When did he record that? Yeah, when did he record it? And it was several uh, years ago. It was, wasn't it? I think it was from the 80s. 87. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, he wanted to be famous more than anybody on earth. He wanted to be on TV. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be a recording artist. wanted to be an actor. He wanted to run a kibbutz. He wanted to, he, he wanted to do everything except for actually work. He would do anything except for, except for work. And by the way, Mr. Green Planet... You know, he's all all into this, you know, the Green New Deal and all that stuff, right? Yep. Do you know what uh, temperature he sleeps at every night? Every night he sleeps at 60 degrees. Burr. Do you know how much uh, energy he's wasting doing that? Well, in the wintertime, he's probably breaking even. Yeah. Maybe. In the wintertime, he might be breaking even, but in the summertime, do you know how much extra fuel he's using by getting the temperature that low? Uh, yeah. Building up oh. enough electricity yeah. to jack it that low? Yeah, that's really... <clears throat> so, so, so not Bernie, green. Not Bernie, green at all. That, that's not living green at all, Bernie. Uh-huh. You, can't, you can't sleep. You have to sleep at 72 like the rest of us. But he said he can't sleep. Unless it's cold, he cannot sleep. Oh, well, then... Screw the planet if you can't sleep. Mm-hmm. It's all about you, Burn. Feel the burn, baby. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. Whatever. It's just... Andy, do you think that we'll ever get get into a situation where it's not going to all be about hysterics and all the rest? Everybody's hysterical. I mean, I think so. It'll, it'll swing, but it'll take a while. We're at the very height so you... of constant everything is dangerous, everything is violent, everything is scary. Even though not, almost none of it is. But, you know, I mean, what was it, like 30, 40 years ago that people were, you know, it was more stoic, whereas now it is right. the exact opposite of stoic. So I think in it is the, probably it is. 15, 20 years, maybe, but it's I'm hoping, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the stock market is now down 1,900 points. Holy God. Wow. The Dow Jones Industrial down 1,914 points. Man, this is, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. That's all I'm saying. Right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen anymore. From day to day, you just never know. Well, well, that is true. Well, the problem is that we've we've got a small group of people that can manipulate everything. That's also part of the big problem. What, you mean the politicians? Politicians, uh, hedge fund people, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, lots of people can manipulate stuff like crazy. Listen to this. Free fall in oil sends shutters through markets. All your coronavirus coronavirus travels 
uh, questions answered, coronavirus cases in New York, how to prepare for the coronavirus, what to know about the coronavirus. So basically, it's still leading the news. It's all about the coronavirus, and they mention uh, the free fall in oil. But it's only briefly mentioned, so I, I don't know. It's whatever, whatever works. Um, My corona. We almost got through the show, Andy, without her doing that. <laughs> yeah. I, we every time I hear it, that voice, that song comes into my brain. I can't help it. Apparently, that's true. It just springs into your, it does. jumps into it's your just brain. Right there. I don't know why that would be, but we almost got That's through without her singing My Sharona, My Corona. I can't help it. You know what I'm saying. It's what I do. I suppose it's true. I suppose it's all true. I, I don't know. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Here's some, I just saw some news that's not good for the people of Boston. Right. Some of Boston's most expensive real estate is sinking into the earth. Oh. That is not good news. Was it from the big dig? In 2011, developer Kobe Kempel paid $2.5 million for a red brick former carriage house in Boston's coveted Beacon Hill, mm-hmm. one of the priciest neighborhoods in the country, famed yes. for its cobblestone streets and historic row houses. Beacon Hill has been home to former Secretary of State John Kerry and many other notable Bostonians over the years. When Mr. Kempel bought the circa 1900 house on Beaver Place, the underground wooden pilings supporting the foundation had been rotting for years to the point where the building's walls were almost floating, he recalled. The only thing that was holding the building up was the fact that it was connected to the adjacent buildings. It was almost leaning on those party walls. Mr. Kempel said he spent several hundred thousand dollars repairing the pilings before he was able to carry out his plan of renovating the rest of the house. Yes, apparently uh, damage to those wooden pilings causes homes to settle, jagged cracks to appear in walls and bricks. Windows to blow out of their frames. If left unchecked, rotting pilings can render a home uninhabitable. Jeez. The number of buildings have been condemned over the years as a result of this setting. So what is the problem? It doesn't really say why. It's just the age of them. Depleted so. groundwater levels are causing a lot of there the rot of the wooden piles that support historic. Ah. So why would depleted groundwa- groundwater cause that? Because there's no, there's there's... <clears throat> Room. Un- well, okay, so if the, if the water goes away, the ground's going to sink because underground streams and stuff keep everything up. Oh, you know so what I mean? I just noticed something. In 1630, the shoreline was a lot smaller than it is in Boston now. It's receded by, it looks at least, it looks like about a mile to me. I don't know if it's that far. But apparently all of the expensive housing on the ocean in Boston is built on wooden pilings. Hmm. That is unbelievable. Wow. Can't they replace those? Uh, that's what he they did. They should be able to lift it up and just put new ones in. Roughly 6,000 buildings in Boston, including some of the city's most expensive homes, are supported on wood pilings and constituting 40 to 50% of the city's residential tax base, says Christian Simonelli or Simonelli, executive director of the Boston Groundwater Trust, an organization established by the city to monitor groundwater levels. So why did why don't they go with steel pilings now instead of wood? I don't know. Uh, I Expensive. have no idea. I suppose, yeah, probably. Be, well, well, if you're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars anyway. Right. It's got to be cost-effective down the line. 
All right, let's go uh, fold things up, and then let's go in the other room and thank everyone that we didn't build our house on wood pilings. What do you think? How about the apartment buildings? Are they built on wood pilings? Because I wouldn't feel too happy about that. No. (laughs) That's scary. That would be a little frightening, no doubt about it. That's going to do it. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family. 